0: post red ads, Sith Lords, and air checks. That's what we're talking about today on Sounds Profitable with me, Brian Barletta. This episode is sponsored by Claritas. Check out their recent The Marketing Insider podcast and learn how to use current trends such as industry-specific lift success and CPM comparisons in podcasting to increase advertiser adoption, go to claritas.com for more info. I know that you're listening to Sounds Profitable because podcast ad tech is important to you, but it's important to me that you are kept up to date on the latest news from the entire podcast industry. To help with that, here's what happened last week, no matter when you're listening, from James Cridlin at Pod News. Brands looking to advertise their podcasts are often told that host read ads aren't easy to scale, but sometimes the less easy paths provide the best results. Every month, our guest Jordan Harbinger of the Jordan Harbinger Show puts in considerable effort backed by tens of thousands of dollars to advertise his podcast on other podcasts. I wrote about this in my article, How to Buy Host Read Ads at Scale, which I'll link to in the description. Jordan has found amazing success with this strategy, and he was kind enough to share his knowledge on the subject with us. For the people who aren't familiar with you, how'd you get into managing your ads? Like the content creation, you had a great idea, you you, you made your show, but like what made you decide to not just have somebody else handle your ads?
1: Well, I, I, at first I did want to have somebody else handle my ads and I called friends of mine at agencies. Well, actually that wasn't even my first stop. I first started talking to people that worked in marketing at networks and I said, hey, do you have a freelance, you know, a little side hustle, a little kind of moonlighting is there anything that I can do to hire you? And I got a lot of yeses. And then like five months later, they were still like, oh, I'm just really busy right now. And I thought, you know, I don't like waiting for people. How specialized (laughs) is this knowledge? So I hired some freelancers at another network to just give me proposals, right? I said, just if you had to plan this and you weren't executing it because you don't have time, what would the proposal look like? And they were like, well, I would advertise here's how you buy some ads on Twitter, and here's how you buy some ads on Instagram. And then we'd have you buying Facebook ads. And I paid a guy who was a Facebook ads specialist just to test this. And I got I got conversions for like six or seven bucks, but they're not even subscribers. All we know is they went to the page that I had the player on for the, you know, Dennis Rodman episode. And I went, you know, these are not people that we even know listen to podcasts. Like we think they do, but they clicked over from Facebook. And so there's just so much loss. And then I said, you know, I'm not convinced that a lot of these people really know what they're doing. I don't think they're clueless or scammers. I just think when you are 27 and you work at a big company or a medium company, and they're like, you have a hundred thousand dollar marketing budget. Are you thinking, how do I get the best bang for the buck? Or are you going, let me do something that's not going to get me fired, not going to get me in trouble. Sounds good on the face of it. So I think that's what a lot of marketers do when they're sort of charged with marketing a podcast. They go. Well, we've never done this before. And these are the people that had marketed podcasts before. Most places didn't. I'll get to that in a second. But, uh, you know, you're charged with marketing a podcast. You just go, you know, a lot of people listen to podcasts. We'll target them on social because you can select listens to podcasts or you can say like, oh, Lux, Joe Rogan or something like that. But it's just there's so much loss. So I decided how hard can this be? And then I called agencies thinking I'm just going to buy podcast ads and be done with it. Let me figure this out. So I call agencies and agencies go, yeah, you need a budget of, you know, six figures, multiple six figures, seven figures before you can even sign with us. We take 15% of the spend. And I was like, wow. Wow. So I'm paying you like $50,000 for my experiment here to manage it. And then I don't know if you messed up or if this just isn't going to work. There's all these black boxes. I can't really get updates every day. I can get updates like every two weeks or something or the agency is going to send it to me or every week from some assistant. And they also wanted me to know that they'd never advertised a podcast before they advertise blue apron and they advertise, uh, this kind of mints and these kind of clothes, but they never advertise a podcast. So I go, okay, so I'm paying you a lot of money to buy ads, but you also kind of don't really know what you're doing. That's the model, right? Yeah, That's how all
0: these big companies come to be. And that's, it's so interesting to me that they told you that they've never done it before.
1: Like, I asked, and I said, how many podcasts have you advertised? What kind of growth can I expect? And they're like, well, truthfully, we've never actually worked. we never grown a show. You know, we buy for direct response advertisers. And I went, okay, fair enough. And then I thought to myself, this is probably not that hard. I'm just going to buy ads from my own network, Podcast One, and get like a really good sweetheart deal bother them all the time about the results and this and that. And the other thing I got a charitable kind of premium subscription or whatever you want to call it and started running, s- tracking with smart promos. And then when I started getting things working on podcast one, I started buying from friends of mine. And I was like, can we try this? Can we try that? People that would answer my calls just in case there was a mistake. And then I started to scale it up. And, and now I realize, okay, agencies didn't really know how to do this networks really don't know how to do this. They just hire a few 20 somethings. And they're like, you're in marketing now, you know, some of them do well, but really the, the networks that are doing well, they grew, they grow new shows by advertising on other shows on the network. They don't really buy ads. Well, I'm on a network where I can run ads on other shows, but then I'm limited to those shows. So that's why you see, that's a theory why you see, let's say, true crime networks that have like 20 true crime shows and they launch five a quarter because true crime people listen to true crime and it's a cash cow. So they can just launch true crime, true crime, true crime, true crime, and they can advertise it, like get get 200 some thousand dollars worth of advertising essentially for free from their sister shows on that network and then make that show successful. I didn't have that luxury, but also I realized it's, it's kind of one of those those things where since no one is doing this, there's no path. There's no road more traveled, I guess. Yeah. But also there's no competition. So when I'm advertising on other shows, I go, look, I can't afford to pay you what Blue Apron pays because I'm doing a podcast to podcast ad read. Some agencies and networks will say, or some networks, I, I should say, will say, no, we don't advertise other shows. Fine. Write them off next. But other other times they'll say, well, we understand you're not making any money right Off the back of it. So we'll give you some unsold inventory at a much discounted CPM. So that's what I'm buying now. Right. So I'm getting a pretty good deal. uh, And over time, as long as my show doesn't suck and listeners stick around for a couple of years or so, I will make a lot more money than what I spent but it is a gamble. Like you don't really know, like, are people going to stick around? Are they going to share it? So far that's been the case, but I've only been running this experiment for about a year.
0: And that's the thing because you're buying a listen and you're hoping your content is good enough to convert for a subscription that they Mm -hmm. subscribe to it and keep listening to it. So that then a month or two later, your numbers are updated or even a quarter or two later, your numbers are updated so that when you pitch to future advertisers, you can charge a higher price or have more inventory for them. And so that's like when you're buying this inventory, it's so many steps removed. There's so many points of failure. Yeah, and there's so that's so many cool that they're failure. comfortable with that and that they'll give you, you know, a discount on those rates because, uh, like Blue Apron, every conversion makes the money. If you get into their free trial and you they don't convert you, well, that's a bigger problem. These people aren't like giving you like driving to give you an email address or anything like that. You don't have mm-hmm. any way to contact them. You just know this person listened to this podcast in my ad and then came over and listened to one of my episodes. And even right now, we we were just shooting the shit about this earlier that there was there's still not enough information to show, like, did they stick around? Did they subscribe? Right. Exactly. Even though the data is there. But you're, you're so right about that 27-year-old thing. And sometimes I think it's even younger. Like, I tried to explain to people why people don't dig in more to this. And it's because these people that are so junior they're three to four steps up from them. Someone decided that this is the strategy that's going to go on. They gave them a budget that they're responsible for. They'll absolutely get fired if they aren't successful. It's not even about getting like a bonus. It's about maintaining your job mm-hmm. and your that person, three, four, five levels above them, isn't going to open a document, isn't going to read your pitch. They want you to put that screenshot into the email that says up into the right success, right? They just mm-hmm. want to see that arrow going up and showing improvement and that's it. And so To convince that 27-year-old, like, hey, let's take a gamble on podcasting, when best case scenario, their boss's boss's boss takes credit for it, and then they tell him don't do that again, Mm -hmm. and worst case scenario, they get
1: fired, like, it's yeah. it's hard to convince those big structures to
0: do things like that.
1: It is. Plus, they can always point to best practices and say, What do you mean? Advertising on Facebook, everyone does that. Everyone's got Instagram ads. We targeted people that liked uh Dr. Death with this ad. So of course they're gonna find out we have an issue. And look, that probably works to some extent. But if you wanna reach look, a hundred percent of people listening to podcasts. Know how to listen to podcasts. That That's sounds true. Yeah. really dumb and obvious. But what people, if it's that obvious, then why are you advertising on Facebook, where somebody's scroll or Instagram, where somebody's scrolling looking for cat photos, or like looking to find some da- girls dancing or whatever's on there now, which is a lot of that. And then there, it's like, here, listen to Malcolm Gladwell talk for an hour about his new book. It's like, mm, no. But if you're listening to a podcast with Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway, and then I say, hey, or better yet, they say, listen to me on the Jordan Harbinger show. It was a really good interview. That's a better ad. And everyone knows how to find my show from there. And everyone likes that particular guest and everyone trusts that particular host with with a few exceptions. Uh, I guess people hate listen to certain shows, but I don't advertise on those generally. So this strategy works Uh, and you can see it because, yes, it's up and to the right, but I would absolutely have fired somebody if I were some sort of like executive and this kid says, so we spent a bunch of money and we kind of hope it comes back around. They they can look at these Facebook analytics and go, 97.1% of these people clicked through and they clicked on the website and they're from Albuquerque and Michigan and USA only. You know, they have all those analytics that are pretty that we don't have in podcasting. And so they don't get in trouble for doing it, but I don't want to not get in trouble, right? I'm, I'm spending a lot of my own money, so I want real results and I'm willing to take risks, which is probably why I own my own business. And I don't have investors, you know, I'm the investor, so I don't have to answer to anyone. Yeah. You get to, you get to
0: be the person, take all the risk and put all the effort
1: into it. It's, uh, that's so funny.
0: Like the, all those statistics and they can prove and all of that, you know, I wonder if that's actually valuable and we're chasing that, or if that's a justification of these bloated systems that we have. I think there's some amazing agencies out there. I think there's some amazing networks and things like that, but the general structure, these holding groups and stuff like that, that take 15% of 15% of 15% all the way down, right? To the point where the publisher or whoever's getting the inventory is getting a $10 CPM, but they're charging the advertiser $100 sometimes. Um, There's a lot of justification done with these overzealous data points to uh value all the hands that are in the pot and like you like you've taken risks that are on par with what the management fee would have been for someone to do this like you can do a lot more hands-on i think the tools there i would love more metrics on there but i think the tools that we have there and you've absolutely hands-on proven it they're good enough for directional and that's what we need right you're not going to get exact you're not going to know one-to-one but those stats will tell you if a show fails or succeeds and if you want to want to continue advertising with them or find something similar or how to pivot out from there.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And look, I can look at my tea leaves, aka my show data, and I can say, here's when I wasn't advertising. And it was going up 200 downloads per episode per month, maybe, right? And some months were up and some months were down. And that was nice. Or it was like, 500 or maybe even a thousand. Wow. A thousand more people are listening to each episode as of this month. And then when I started advertising, it was like 11,000 more people are downloading each episode of the show. 4,000 people are downloading each episode of the show, 7,000, 12,000, sometimes 2000. So it's, and it's every single month. So that shows me that you can really throw gasoline on this fire. Now, of course, ads are really expensive. So like you said before, Then when I'd get my new projections at the end of the month, then when they craft a new proposal at the, you know, the, after that they use those numbers and then they come back in a month and say yes to the proposal. And then I, they run the ads. So I'm like three to six, whatever months, maybe at the highest six months behind. So my rate is trailing. Does that make sense? Like I don't get 2000 downloads more per episode. And then podcast one sales team goes great. Well, we're going to charge this much more now starting tomorrow. All right. This company's buying ads. It's like proposals went out for the ads I'm getting now. Proposals went out in December, probably. Yep. And this is late February. And that's maybe the proposal went out in October. I don't know. So the sales cycle is long enough. And that's what I'm waiting for. So my strategy here is to to run the growth strategy for a few years pretty much nonstop until I either see decreasing ROI or I'm like, you know what? Um they're unable to increase my rate because it's no longer doing well for dr and this is a phenomenon you probably know more about but i found this out because i started buying huge shows and it's like oh my gosh this show has four hundred and fifty thousand downloads per episode what you know can i afford this and the sales guy will go look all right i'm gonna give it to you for like 15 bucks cpm and i go okay wait a minute why why are you giving me a weekly show for 15 bucks cpm that you said does well what's the what's the rub and they go Well, I mean, it's 450,000, but it's no longer... When it was 50,000, it was all tech guys working in information security, and that's the only people who listen to this. So it killed for DR, and it killed for people targeting computer experts, and it killed for people that were targeting males ages 25 to 40. Now it's 450,000 people. We got soccer moms in Ohio. We have all the... So the targeting, it gets diluted to the point where it no longer actually converts as highly. And I'm like, okay, I wanna stop paying for listeners at that point because my CPM's just gonna go down, whereas like my money spent is going up. That's a bad place for me to be because then it takes me longer to earn the money back that I've invested. So as long as my CPM is like 20 bucks to, to 30 bucks, I'm good. But as soon as it starts popping down to like 15, I'm done growing, at least done spending on growth.
0: And so do you get to be hands-on in how the campaigns are running on your show, right? Like, so Podcast One brings in a sales, like a, an ad campaign that they've sold. Are you able to see the performance of it to make sure that it's converting with your expectations so that you can tweak your ad buying to grow your own show in the right direction?
1: You mean, do I get, do, do, the, do the advertisers that are on the Jordan Harbinger show tell me if they're doing well or not? Yeah. No. they. So this is something that I thought, more people would do, but it makes sense why they don't, and I'll tell you why. So, if I am Blue Apron and I buy blueaproncom dot slash jordan, I might as well, right? <laughs> so, if I'm Blue Apron, if I'm Blue Apron, uh, and I'm buying ads on the Jordan Harbinger Show, and every time I run an ad, and it's th- let's say it's thirty two fifty for the ad, let's say it's three thousand dollars for the ad, for the sake of math here, if I sell four thousand dollars worth of meals, do I go Jordan? you are killing it. You are selling $4,000 for every $3,000 we spend with you. We love you. What am I going to do? Oh, really? That's funny. You should say that because now ads are $3,900. Thanks for letting me know. So they never say anything. All they do is go, Hey, so, um, we want a lot more ads. What do you say to eight more spots? And I go, great. Yeah. Show me the money. Um, but I know what they mean is we're making at least thirty one hundred dollars for every three thousand dollars that we give you. But I don't turn around and go, well, in that case, the price is higher because I want the bulk buy. But I don't know by how much. Yeah. But when you have a sponsor and I have plenty of these that stay with me for like two years, I go, Man, we lit so much money. We wasted so much money not knowing how well this ad was doing. Because if you stayed with us for two, three years we must be just spitting money out at you every single time in the ad runs. It must be just murdering it. Um, Yeah, because they
0: they just benefit from all this growth that you're doing. If
1: they lock you in now, I mean,
0: that's the smartest thing. If you see results in a podcast and you're probably doing the same exact thing when you're buying inventory on other podcasts. If you find a podcast that's just killing it with getting you listeners and their growth is steady and you could lock it in for a year or two at the rates that they're doing there, you're probably going to evaluate it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And um, I have as long as I got a 30 day out. So like because I've I've bought shows and I'm like, hey, you're delivering 50 percent of the impressions that you were before. And they're like, yeah, before the election, we were at 62,000 downloads per episode and now we're at 45,000 because nobody's listening to election news dot org podcast or whatever. Right. It's just not popular. Yeah. So there's a lot of that um you know what else is funny is uh d- using a tool like chartable which tells me the number of impressions i got to give them a plug cuz they've been killing it for me um with it's like a almost like beta but really doing it's it's like a magical system that shows me how many things are converting i have heard and i won't name names but i've heard from many ad networks and shows that i buy i'll say something like Hey, so on Chartable, it says 42,000 and I bought 65,000. Can you give me a screenshot? And they'll go, so it looks like we're a little under, we're going to give you some make goods. So we're going to make up the impressions and then it'll happen again. And I'll renew and I'll say, Hey, you know, your conversion's good. And they'll revise the number downward. And they go, guess the new number is 45,000 downloads. We thought we had 62. We have 45 now, you know, we're going to change the rate. And I said, how often do you change the rate? And they go, I think this is the only time I've done it. And I go, how long have you been there? And they're like four years. And I go, so you really are changing the rate because I found that you are under delivering. But you don't see that if you're Blue Apron because you just go, hey, this converted well enough at Renewal I don't care if 45,000 people heard it or if 65,000 people heard it, but you kind of do because even if 65,000 people hear it and only it looks and it performs well, but it performs at the same rate as a show with 45,000 people, well, 20,000 extra people became aware of your brand. They heard about you. You paid for that. So that's sort of the problem with direct response is like, you don't really know About delivery. So it's, it does pay to check because no one's really revising their numbers downward. I will say like rooster teeth podcast one, they do do that. And I'm sure there are other networks that do, um, advertised cast has done it before, but there are other networks. And I don't want to say if I omitted it, that they're doing this, but there are other networks where I go, Hey, um, you're like 30% under. And they're like, Uh, Yeah, we'll throw you some bonus impressions. And I go, you knew that this was going to happen. You didn't even, like the guy texts back in 13 seconds. He doesn't go, let me check on that. That's highly unusual. He just goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give you two free ones. I'm like, wait a minute. That was too easy. You've known this is a problem before I signed on the dotted line. But that's the thing. And I think me
0: and you are digging into these same things and it's so interesting to see it on different sides, right? Like your sales, more sales and content focus with a technical side to it. I'm more technical focus with a light content side to it. We're exploring and examining the same thing, that there are these holes that are just not worth these companies plugging, right? It is not in their benefit to update their documentation or better their numbers on that because it hurts them on their overall bragging rights, it feels like sometimes, right? You can't, like, if you have to revise your numbers downwards, everybody's going to dogpile on you, right? You might end up in pod news. It's like, ah, 20% loss in downloads, but but that's not the case, right? It's still successful. It's still working. It's still all these things, but there's this gap. And there's this gap that me and you are diving into in the space where it's just like, if every company gave one employee 50% of their time to just look at this shit, Mm -hmm. to like really hands-on look at it and play with it, they would be masters of it. And because they aren't, me and you are just like running around like two unsupervised kids sometimes, And we benefit greatly from it. But I think we're both of the mindset that we're like, we know more people need to know about this so that everything's better. Because if- if everybody did what you were doing, the end result isn't that you can't keep doing this. You no, might no. pay a little bit more on ads, but more advertisers are coming in immediately. If Blue Apron sat with you and was just like learned from you for this stuff, then they're that thir- you know $100 they make off of the $3000, right? They could make it even more, right? They, they could, could expand yeah. that margin and it's it's, it's all about Finding success is easy, right? In podcasting, there are enough tools there to know, is it a hit or is it a failure? Increasing the margin in success, that's that's what this year and next year and the you know this upcoming space has to be about because we're not gonna get to 100% fill anytime soon. And we shouldn't because there should be more and more listeners, but we need to figure out how to provide more value. We need to make it efficient. That's why you can't buy from Trade Desk into a podcast ad and hope for success. That's why you have to meet us with what this technology and content is hands-on
1: yeah i agree i think this is a and look i'm biased because i'm a podcaster but i have tried ads for many things in many places and i have a lot of friends that run companies and they're like yeah we do social media ads but their returning customers they get way more from podcasts and they their brand equity like a company will say oh man you know we we can't put enough money into podcast to keep our uh, iPhone case business running, right? They have to sell like tens of thousands of these things probably per week, uh, or at least per month, to yeah. make it a real multi million dollar peripherals business. So there's not enough. They, they can't. They have trouble putting the money into podcasting. But then, so they'll test it with us and they'll say like, yeah, it kind of worked, kind of didn't. You know, it's it's good. It's all other things being equal, as good as social media. But I can put $2 million a month into social media. I cannot put $2 million a month into podcasting and get this similar return. So it doesn't scale well. But then I'll see them six months later and they'll go, you know what's funny? Everyone says, hey, is that a such and such case? I feel like I heard about that on a podcast and you're the only podcast that we bought. And I'm like, so all these people who saw it on Facebook, they remember hearing it, about it on the podcast whether yep. they saw it on facebook or not is another question but that's the that's the impression that that lasted they don't go hey i think i saw that in a random sidebar when i was looking at my ex-girlfriend from college right they go i yeah. heard jordan talking about that on a podcast because it has bees on it or whatever And so the advertising, like the, the impression on a podcast versus the impression on a Facebook ad or an Instagram ad, like these are not created equal. And people will argue about this with me all the time, but I think we only have to look at the CPM, especially YouTubers. They're like, oh man, you know, this podcasting is so hard. I I get X thousand views on my YouTube. I get all these analytics and I go, what CPM do you get for your ad on YouTube? $3. They're like, yeah, I wish, you know, or something like that. Or $10. Yeah. It's like three bucks. Um, a buddy of mine is a really famous YouTuber, uh, travel YouTuber. And I think he told me he makes between 20 and $80,000 a month on YouTube. Imagine how many impressions that is. And I go, okay, so what do you get for like a million views? And I thought he was going to tell me 20 grand or something like that. if they're mostly U S and Canada viewers. And if they're not, it goes lower for a million views. So you have to constantly, and now it's like, no wonder people be jumping off tables onto food and like prank, you know, like that's the stuff they get views because you have to get millions of views just to to pay your rent as a YouTuber every month on all your videos. So these guys work like dogs Um, and 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 it's bad news. With podcasting, the reality is, is if you have a niche
0: market and you are focused on it appropriately and they are going to buy something, you could have an audience of a hundred people, dedicated people, and you could have an advertiser who sells products for companies that it's a hundred thousand dollar commitment. And so if they drop four grand on you a month, that's Mm -hmm. nothing if one converts. And so that's, that's why like people like, not only is it the CPM is way higher, like you're saying, but like think outside the box. Like the more interesting and niche your content is like, the more you can just be like, Hey, this is what we are. And this is who we do. And this is our audience. And this is why we're different and unique. And I'm not here about the numbers. We'll share them with you, but like, I'm, we're not going to play that game. It's a sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't do that in YouTube because they're going to be like, nah, I can, I, if you don't want to sell me your inventory, commoditized yeah. Viewer. Next 100%. To, yeah.
1: I was gonna say, and look, there's before people go, wait a minute, YouTubers can do there are YouTubers that will like say, Hey, NordVPN or something in their video, but you can only put one in, and that's like in a 20 plus minute long YouTube video. I routinely put four or five ads in a podcast. I make them funny, and no, I mean, no one complains. Yeah. Sometimes people say, I've heard this ad for NetSuite so many times, and I go, "Hey, man, they bought a lot of ad. They're putting my kid through college, basically." NetSuite is, but you know, you never really hear about that with with YouTube unless they're those automatic Google ads or, or whatever. And then, of course, people can buy premium, and then there's no ads, and so you're, you know, like there's a whole thing there. Podcasting really is special for that reason, and I love that it's sort of resist as a platform, it's or as a not a platform as a medium, it's resisted the whole the thing that's ruined everything else right giving away user data making it yep. creepy being too invasive stopping in the middle of a damn sentence to to play a musical ad for a honda a hyundai or or like a i don't know anything right and and you can do or organ- get like you could bust out an ad right now and we could riff on it and it would be a million times better and convert at 3x yeah. the rate of a youtube ad and it would be part of the show and no one would complain if you put three ads in a YouTube video, there are 8,000 comments that are like, F you. There's too yep. many ads. I yep. hate Jordan. You're ugly and your head is fat. I mean, literally, I will get that, you know, <laughs> and, and they're not yeah. wrong about my head, by the way, but that's a sensitive subject. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, but
0: you're so right on it. The openness and people are like, ah, but there's no easy way to monetize. But but it, it's it's that you're all your own business right? Every single podcaster is their own business and can take advantage of that. And that's to a a benefit and a detriment. You don't want to do it yourself. Be part of a bigger uh, platform, right? Right. Dive into something, sell your content, work with Spotify, work with Megaphone, work with Anchor, these partners, um, Red Circle, these people that will represent your inventory fully for you. And you don't have to think about it, but expect the lower CPM to you because there's Mm -hmm. more hands in it. But if you're an entrepreneur, if you want to do this yourself, if you want to really make it a business, like you got to invest in, as much money as you comfortably can to grow it. And you got to realize that you're not entitled to it. So yeah. like you're not guaranteed a paycheck. You and your buddies talking about horror movies, probably not going to be enough to pay for your car. So, you know, it's, I'm so happy that you're here. I think that I'm probably going to ask you to come back at a sure. later time with, uh, Jack header I think we've talked about a little something on Twitter that would be fun to dig into. Um, but thank you so much for being here. The thing I like to end with, um, what is your most favorite podcast right now? What do you, what's consuming oh, your time?
1: It, you know, it's funny you should ask. Cause I just subscribed. I never subscribe to new shows. Cause you know, you have too many. I don't even want to hear about new good shows. Cause I'm like, don't tell me I'm going to end yeah. up subscribing. and It's going to be a huge waste of time. I accidentally subscribed to that one. I'm going to delete that. <laughs> I dropped my <laughs> phone in the shower. My phone stopped playing the podcast. I was listening to Subscribed somehow to another one and started playing it. I'm like, that is a hell of a shake function. Um, <laughs> I, which is what I assume happened. I don't understand how it's going to happen. Uh, I am listening to pivot with Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway because they're both so smart. And so their chemistry on air is really, really fun. Um, another show, since you only asked me for one, I'm going to give you two, um, another show that I like recently. That's not something that literally everyone else listens to is oh i was gonna say the prof g show with scott galloway but that's kind of a weird thing to do when i already have a scott galloway podcast in there there's um there's behind the bastards they're a little bit left-leaning for me i'm not leaning to the right but these guys are like straight up you know there's a little there's like extreme left um but he goes over the worst people in history like obvious ones are hitler and things like that but he'll go over a lot of terrible people from saddam hussein to jeffrey epstein and he does like a deep dive that's multiple hours long on each of these people and he's quite funny so that's fun man yeah it's fun it's so popular that show i looked it up because i thought i can't believe more people don't know about this and i went to buy ads on there and i was like a lot of people know about this like (laughs) hundreds of thousands i'm just late to the party that's awesome
0: i'll have to check those out well thank you again for joining me and we'll talk to you more soon
1: thank you very much
0: And stick around for some special bonus content at the end of the episode. I've teamed up with EvoTerra to give you a minute long strategic thought that is guaranteed to shift your perspective on the present and future of podcasting as we all work to make podcasting better. Thanks to Jordan Harbinger for coming on to help expand on my article, How to Buy Host Red Ads at Scale. If you like what you heard and want to connect, you can find me, Brian Barletta, on LinkedIn, way less formally on Twitter as High5RPG, and of course, you can email me, brian at soundsprofitable.com. The most important part about Sounds Profitable is providing you with more resources and making sure that I can answer your questions. So check out the link to Yapa in the episode description and leave me a message. And with your permission, I'll answer it live on the show the Sounds Profitable podcast, and all cool ad tech bells and whistles you've experienced were thanks to our host and sponsor, Wooshka. Everything you've heard since the conversation ended was uniquely created to target you using their dynamic ad insertion features. If any of the callouts were wrong, let us know. Depending on how you're listening, there were over 10 opportunities to hear dynamically inserted content and ads in this episode. While we continue to tweak and innovate our setup, some of the breaks may be more noticeable than others. Thank you for bearing with us and please send over your feedback. The Sounds Profitable podcast would not be possible without the help and support of Evo Terra, James Cridlin, Ian Powell, and Sam Mars. Thank you all for your help and support.